Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor, are you doing good today? Doing great, Chase. Great. That's good to hear. Excited to talk again today on our Shepherd Talk podcast. And uh, recently in staff, and also um, you wrote about this in your column, uh, coming from a passage in Acts chapter 19 um, about the question, do they know you in hell? A huge uh, question and thought right there. But in staff meeting before you ask us, who is the most famous person um, we have ever met? So let me ask you that question. Who's the most famous person you ever met? Uh... I've met several, what, and we're talking about what the world kind right, of calls right. famous, so we're probably ought to <laughs> put that in there. But uh, I guess it was probably uh, some years ago at a uh, a fundraiser when we were when I was pastoring in Florida. Uh, we uh, Allison and I met uh, George H. W. Bush oh, wow. and yeah. Barbara, yeah, uh, and had pictures made with them. They were the the keynote speakers at this big hospital fundraiser, and. Uh, uh, we met them. I guess on the world stage, your president's pretty significant. That is very significant. If you, if you meet them. So so probably, how, how about, I forget, who did you answer? Well, I had to really think about this because I hadn't really met many famous people. But for me, being a baseball fan, if I had to tie it all back, it was uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy oh, Sosa. Yeah. So back, oh, back when they were doing the duel thing, Yeah, back in the day when thing. they were doing their home run thing, my dad and I, we would go to spring training down around St. Pete, yeah. in Orlando mm-hmm. area, and we would go down, and there was a year that Mark McGuire was hurt, and so we're we're in the, the stadium watching bat and practice and all this kind of stuff, and Mark McGuire comes walking in from the right field fence, kind of like they would do from the clubhouse outside right. of the field, and walk down. I told my dad, I'm going over there, and like I'm going to go find him and talk to him. And so I went all the way. Dad's like, there's no way. I mean, there's tons of people, tons of people. Right. So I went all the way around the stadium and uh, weaved my way in right up against the field. And he came right by, and he shook my hand, and I talked to him for a minute, got to meet him, and uh, he autographed a baseball for me. And oh, uh, I go, Dad, I come rolling back, and I'm trying to surprise my dad that he doesn't right, didn't right. know. And uh, I went back around, and Dad knew because I was grinning from ear to ear, and I went and showed him the ball, and he couldn't believe that that happened. And so you probably were much smaller, look had this little pitiful look on your face too. <laughs> yeah, that's when you, you say, Mister McGuire, Mister McGuire. Yeah, you know, he'd be yeah. real like little bitty kid kind of thing. So well, si- similar story with Sammy Sosa, though. Really, and, and Broxson, our producer, is here uh, as well. Broxson, who who the most famous? I don't remember who you said. I don't think I said anything the other day, but I think it would have to be Evander Holyfield when he was here, I guess it was a couple of summers was ago. Was he earless at the time? <laughs> no, he was not. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he was here oh. a couple summers ago for, I guess it was an FCA fundraiser oh, yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so Evander Holyfield. Okay. We also have a guest, Donna Granberry, is in, in the studio with us today. Donna, who's the most famous person you've ever met? Well, I did have Garth Brooks kiss me on the cheek. Oh, oh wow. Not even met, so, kissed. Garth, wow. How close. about that? Y'all are, y'all are really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did David know that? Uh, he did. I okay, was he there? He was there <laughs> okay. in the very back, but he did. That's All right. my most famous person. Well, I, I don't know if we can, I can top say that. that's the closest I've been to a most famous person. <laughs> that's pretty close. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, I think you win, Donna, uh, with that one. But uh, 
all of us probably have met some famous some, some famous people on uh, the lines, and I started our staff meeting that way, uh, as Chase has indicated. And so, past, you know, in that, Pastor, it's centered around recognition, and you asked this really important question to think about, do they know who I am in hell? Yeah. And you brought that from Acts chapter 19, specifically verse 14, when it says, the evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Yeah. And so talk to us just for a minute as we begin today about kind of where all this thought and that question came from. Well, I asked that question about who have you met, you know, that's famous to kind of direct us toward an idea. Where are you famous? You know, most of us don't have the kind of fame about the people we've mentioned even right. here in the uh, recording. But but we ought to be famous in at least one place. And we don't, you know, it's kind of a backward approach, but... The fact that it says, uh, you know, we expect hell to know who Jesus is. The Bible says the demons believe and tremble. They know exactly who Jesus is. When he casts the demons out of the, the, the uh, herd of uh, pigs, you know, they begged him not to send them. They knew exactly who he was. Everywhere he showed up when there were demons, they identified him on a couple of occasions. Jesus had to back them down. If you remember, right. he had to make them be quiet because they were declaring who he was even before he was going to declare that. And uh, and so we know he is famous in hell. But the intriguing part of that verse is they said, we recognize Paul too. Right. We know who he is. But we don't know who you guys are. And it was uh, the story's about seven sons of, of uh, called, we call them the seven sons of Sceva. Right. And uh, they were Jewish exorcists. And they evident, it was a business for them. It wasn't a ministry as much as it was a business for them. And they had seen Paul deliver uh, people from the, the demonic by the name of Jesus. So they decided, we're going to cash in on this, literally. And so um, they come upon this uh, demon-possessed uh, man. And uh, most likely, they had been called to that uh, by family or something. We need help. You're Jewish exorcists. They come. They show up. And um, and they, they do something really stupid. They try to hijack the name of Jesus. Right. And, you know, they call to this, this, actually there are multiple demons, but one of them speaks, is, says this. And then it says, that, uh, we don't know who you are. In other words, you don't have the authority to be doing what you're doing. You are abusing the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that the, the demon-possessed man leapt on them, beat them up, and they ran out of the house naked. Right. I right. mean, he, he put a, a good old whooping on them, is what right. we'd say. Uh, but it was because of the abuse of the name of Jesus. Now... The point is, of course, they knew who Paul was. These guys had no authority uh, to use the name of Jesus because they had no relationship with him. Right. And they had no influence for Jesus. Right. But Paul obviously had had influence. Jesus, we expect them to know. But if they can know Paul, guess what? They ought to know who we are That's good. in hell too. And That's so that right. the whole idea is live your life in such a way that even hell, the demons... Uh, they know who you are because they know about your connection to Christ. Yeah, Pastor, in our in our staff time together and, and in this column as well, um, you talked a little bit about in this passage the reverence there was for the name of Jesus and the importance of that in our world today. And so share just a minute about how that plays into this recognition, the reverence of the name of Jesus. Well, even these, these uh, lost Jewish exorcists, if you will, they recognized there was something powerful about the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
And uh, I, I fear sometimes today, Chase, that we have lost this kind of awesome fear. Because in that passage, it says, and fear fell right. on everyone. Right. You know, why? That, that idea of fear is an idea of reverence. There is a, a, a real sense of fear, but it is fear at the power of Jesus' name. And it says that that kind of reverence fell upon everybody when they saw the name of Jesus and what that could accomplish. Um, I'm afraid sometimes that we have lost this kind of high respect for the name of Jesus. Right. We throw it around casually. I sometimes think even in the Christian community, we use it loosely. Yeah. You know, in the Old Testament, the Jews would not call God, God. Right. They, they came up with an, alter, an alternate name because the scriptures at the command say not to take his name in vain. And so they came up with Yahweh, right, you know, right. as a substitute name for him. Now, we know that that still represents the holiness of who God is. But if they would even then say, God's name is so revered that we will not use it, we're going to come up with a, a name where we can never violate the holiness of the name of God. Have we lost some of that today? Yeah. The the reverence and the respect for the name of God. And, you know, I'm afraid sometimes our approach to the name of God is more like he is our great big buddy in the sky. Right. He is, the Bible says that we can refer to him as Abba, Father. That means Daddy, Father. But is is still a term of respect. Um I think I may have said when I was talking to you guys, one of the things I hate to hear is when somebody says, my old man right, or my yeah. old woman, I just really, I never referred to my parents that way. Right. I had friends and that's what they called there. And it wasn't, I don't know, I don't know that they meant it disrespectful, but it just, even as a kid, I always thought, you know, they've done so much for me. They have sacrificed so much. My parents did. And I thought, how could I ever refer to them as, Ah, that's my old man, or that's my old woman, that kind of stuff. I think sometimes we sort of do that with God. Yeah, you know, God knows my heart. Uh, we kind of loosely throw his name around. I think it is a demonstration of his grace and love and mercy that, um, that he doesn't say, I'm tired of you disrespecting my name. Right. You know, um, so casually and, and using it. And so... Um, the demons understand how significant the name of God is, and those Jewish pagan exorcists understood how right. powerful the name of God was. And if we get nothing else out of that story, maybe if we just walk away saying, man, at the name of Jesus, you know? And the Bible is full of That's reference good. to that. At the name of Jesus, one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The incredible reverence for the name. What would happen? Just, just, and I have thought about that. I get a little chills when I think about it, even sitting here. What would happen in our churches today if, if we really cautiously use that name, the name of God? Yeah. What, what, what might happen? I, I, we may see the power of God fall in ways that we hadn't even thought about, just because of our reverence for how we use that name. Right. And, and maybe that's an indictment on us, on, on all of us preachers too. Right. You know, Pastor, in the story, as it continues to go, um, you see in verse 18, it says, And many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices. One of the things that you, you stated to our staff was that 
my life should impact eternity right now. And uh, in the response of this recognition of who uh, Jesus was and Paul in this situation, we see this repentance taking place. And so just talk for a minute about this repentance and how it kind of plays into uh, seeing God move. Well, you know, we talk about revival a lot. And you, when you read that passage there in Acts 19, you could say they had a, a revival. Right. But revival is a byproduct of repentance. That's good, yeah. And before, before revival comes, there's repentance. And so what you see, they see the power of the name of Jesus. Yeah. And it is so uh, impactful on them. They, their, their reverence for that name results in repentance. So suddenly they begin to realize there are things in my life that I need to deal with. In their case, they were, uh, the whole community on some level was involved in witchcraft and sorcery and uh, trusting in other things other than God. And uh, immediately they became convicted, it says. And they brought out their books and uh, their talesmen and all of those sorts of things and they burned them in the fire. They got rid of the th stuff. And I talked about when we were discussing this that repentance is more than saying, I'm just going to lay this aside. Right. Because I might want to pick it back up. Then right. It's getting rid of. Exactly. It's dealing, it, it is surgery. It's yeah. dealing with stuff. And, and it's saying, this can no longer have a part in my life. And I'm not even going to allow it to tempt me. That's good. Yeah. I'm getting rid of it. And that's what they did. You know, you could imagine a lot of people, because there was an awful lot of money involved. The Bible right, talks yeah. about how much money was involved yeah. in, in what they were doing. So you can imagine somebody saying, well, I this stuff shouldn't have a part in my life anymore. So tell you what I'm going to do. I'm packing this stuff up in the box. I'm putting it in a closet. Right. Because I've got a lot of money invested here. Yeah. And, you know, or maybe I'll sell it on eBay, you know, or something like that. You don't see that. What you see them doing is saying, this stuff has to go. Yeah. And as long as it is around my life, it has the opportunity to be in my life. Yeah, that's really good. And that's really, repentance is a surgical spiritual process. It says, right. God, I'm cutting, I'm getting rid of it. I'm cutting it up. I'm throwing it in the fire. I don't even want it around me, whatever the it is kind right. of thing. Right. So uh, that's what we see happening to this community and subsequently uh, revival. Yeah. You know, teenagers, when, when I talk to them, a lot of times the question that gets asked is how far is too far and that goes in different situations and how close to the line can I get and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the scripture tells us to flee you know, from mm -hmm. multiple different situations from the yeah. enemy. And I always tell them, I say, well, let's, let's stop worrying about how close we can get. And like you said, just completely get it out of our life. Let's run the complete opposite uh, direction. And yeah, so, the, the, our focus should be on not how close to the right. edge can we live. Right. How far away can we stay? Right, let's, yeah, that's exactly right, Pastor. You know, as we, we kind of wrap up with a couple of thoughts you know you uh, wrote in this column uh, the power that we need to live for god comes only through a genuine relationship with him in christ and we see you know we've talked about recognition reverence repentance we see a response and results here of of the word of god flourishing it says in verse 20 in the way the word of the lord flourished and prevailed and so what would you say to a person today pastor that was like trying to figure this out understanding that 
as they recognize and are experience Jesus in this relationship and the power that it, that he has, what would you say to that person that was just trying to figure that out for today? Like trying to, I want to be recognized in hell. What would you encourage them with today to really truly live that life? If you want to be recognized in hell, get real close to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to insult our listeners' uh, intelligence, but uh, draw near to God, the Bible says, and he will draw near to you. If you want to be the kind of person, and some people may say, ooh, I don't want to be recognized in hell. Look, uh, hell has no authority over you. That's great. And the more authority God has over you, the less influence hell can exert uh, directly into your life. Now, Christ may allow the enemy to sift you as he did Peter. Right. But the key for us is not to say, I don't want to be known in hell. I want to be so close to Jesus that hell uh, fears me. Uh, notice that the demon-possessed man didn't jump on Paul. Right. You know, see, our thinking is backwards. We would say, well, if the closer you get to Jesus, the more the hell may jump on top of you. Actually, hell jumped on the the those who didn't know Christ, right. not Paul who did. Hmm. And so we can't be intimidated by the idea. Of, uh, in fact, the closer you, there is no place on this planet that you are safer than you are in your, when you are close to Jesus. Yeah. The closer you are to Jesus, the safer you are from the influence and the pull uh, of the enemy. Right. And so I would just say, get closer. Now, how do you do that? Okay, that sounds like a you know, wonderful cliche. You you get closer to Jesus the way you get close to any person. Yeah. You spend time. Yeah. So you prioritize time with Christ. Uh, you prioritize that time that you're going to spend uh, reading His Word. You prioritize time that you're going to spend talking to Him in prayer, and then those things will begin to shape your behavior. And I said, I think today in staff, um, that the more you pursue God, the greater your yearning for God will become. Right. Um, we want it backwards. God, give me the yearning, so I want to pursue you. But it, but that's not accurate. We pursue God sometimes out of discipline, as I talked about in our staff meeting. Right. We pursue Him out of discipline, and that discipline leads us to a. Uh, a greater intimacy with him, and the greater that intimacy, the greater the yearning for more of that. Just as we, you know, I talked about Moses, how right. Moses uh, moved to that place where he said, God, I, I want more of you. What I've had is great, but I want more. That should be the progression. That happens by spending time with God. You know, Pastor, I love how you finish your, your column here as we talk about um, the question, do they know you in hell? And you you say this, and then quote Romans eight eleven. You say the but the same power that caused Paul to be recognized in hell is available to all who trust in Jesus. And then Romans eight eleven says, mm -hmm. if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. And such powerful um, verse right there to apply. Um, to our lives. And so any last thoughts today as we think of this question? Well, as you talk about the power, remember um, there's no power in religion. Yeah. And uh, we must not be deceived into believing that the power is in religion. The power is not in religion. The power comes through a relationship. Right. Uh, an abiding relationship. If you abide in me 
and my words abide in you. Right. Uh, you know, Jesus yeah, said, right. and the the branch must be dependent on the vine. That's where the power comes. Right. And so uh, uh, don't uh, don't assume that we're talking about becoming more religious. Right. Um, what we're talking about is a power that is available only to those uh, who know Christ as their Savior and who have surrendered to His Lordship. Right. And those two things uh, are essential uh, to a power that will cause you to be known in hell. And that's where, if we're going to be famous, right. let it be in hell let them know us i didn't say let's go to hell <laughs> right i said let's be known no, in hell man. for our relationship with christ yeah that's that's really good stuff if you're listening today and you have more questions of what it looks like to get close to jesus or have a relationship with jesus we'd love to have a conversation with you here at the church you can call the church office and they can direct you to the right person and uh, also we have many things going on here at ridgecrest that can help you in your discipleship process of following after um, him and so, pastors, we wrap up today. I know you have another free resource that you'd like to make available to our listeners. Yes, uh, Chase. This is called Ministry Notes, and it's similar to the Sermon Shorts or Leadership Lights. Uh, it's focused on ministry. I shared, of course, this with our our staff team, um, based on Philippians three, and it's how to extend your ministry. Everybody has ministry, right? And I didn't say how to expand your ministry. Two right. different things. Right. How do we extend our ministry? How do how does our ministry have impact and influence? And frankly, how do you endure serving God all your life through the dry seasons and through the the productive seasons? How do you? And this is uh, six uh, principles or insights that I offer based on this passage that will help uh, our listeners extend their life of ministry That's and good. influence. That's and good. you can get it by emailing us at shepherdtalk at rbcdothan uh, org. Uh, shepherdtalk rbcdothan .org and just ask for this week's free resource, uh, How to Extend Your Ministry, and we'll be happy to get that to you. Yeah, that's a great resource, Pastor. Thank you for that. And we want to say thank you for listening, and we're so um, excited for what God's doing here in our church, and would love for you to yeah, be a part yeah. of that. And uh, if there's anything we can do, we'd love to hear from you, and you can write to us again at shepherdtalk at rbcdothan.org. And uh, also, we'd love for you to Share this podcast or leave us a review. Allow others to experience what God's doing um, through this podcast in your life. And uh, again, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.